We are kicking off a series um, about this place, and we're asking the question and trying to answer, unpacking over the next several weeks, I'm going to share what God has us here for. And so the question is, why? It's a phenomenal question. This is going to be two-part today. Today is why are we here as a body? Why is Hope City here? Why do we exist? We're going to talk about that today. And then this is where it gets personal with every single one of you. Why are you here? And I'm not necessarily confining you to this building, this space, but I'm truly asking you to ask the question for yourself. Jot down notes on your phone, in your Bible, on a notepad, but why am I here? Because here's the thing, the world has been around. Some people argue for millions of years, some people say a few thousand years. Whatever the case, it was here a long time before you were. And you have been chosen. God has chosen to put you into existence in this very time frame. It's a great personal question. Hey God, why am I here? It's a question that's been asked. There's been many books written about it. Some authors say that you're supposed to start with why. I agree to some point. Let me say this, and I'm not going to harp on this very long this morning. But here at this place, why does Hope City exist? I, we cannot answer the question why, which we're going to try to do today. We cannot answer the question why without knowing our who. Does that make sense? Sometimes I talk and it makes 100% sense in here. My wife's standing on the other side and she thinks I'm speaking in like a foreign language. So I want to make sure. We at this place cannot know our why apart from knowing who, okay? And our who is God. Our who is God. Our who is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's our who. Why does Hope City exist? We do not exist apart from our who. And I will go as far as to say this, helping us out as individuals who will go with God this week and ask that question. God, why do I exist? You do not exist apart, separate from your who as well. Your who is God. He is the one that is actually breathing life into you right now. He is the one who divinely, sovereignly chose. And I don't know the answer to this why, but he chose to place us in this place and in this time frame. He chose that. You didn't. Not one of you chose to be birthed by your mother. He chose that for you. And here we are. And so our why has to be connected to our who. Okay, I think that's probably about the last time I'm going to say that this morning. But in a sentence, why does Hope City exist? We put it on our wall here in our church and we're putting it in other places. But why are we here? Why are we here? And it's very simple in one little sentence is that we are here to partner with God's presence. We are here to partner with his presence to make an impact on everybody for God and his kingdom. That's why we're here. And that's broad, but that's it in one sentence. Why are we here? Why here in this community is because God chose us and he loves the fact 
that you and I are longing to partner with him. He loves that. That's why we're here. We have to talk about God the Father, God the Son, and we have to talk about God the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and, and just starting, you guys can read this in context. Really, please read this. Read all of chapter 5, and I'm going to even go into chapter 6 here in a little bit. But just in one sentence here in the 20th verse, it says that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Get this. Get this. Please. It is as God is making his plea to humanity through us. Did you get that? See, I know, listen, I've been in church a long time too. And I've heard in these scriptures and I've heard this study and I've been in the Sunday school class and I've heard this preached. I've preached this numbers of times. And most of the time when we read a sentence like this, listen to what God had Paul write down for us. Listen to this. He says, it is as though God were making his appeal through us. You know what I said? We were talking about this after the first service and we were talking about the service and we were getting geared up for you guys to steward his presence really well. You know what I said to somebody? Truly, that sentence right there should make us pass out. It really should. If we understand the magnitude of that, and here's the thing, God has placed us here to partner with his presence so you and I understand this. And we're gonna talk about the community over there and the community over there in just a minute. But do you understand, listen church, and I'm guilty too that I don't understand this to the fullest. I don't know if you even can on this side of eternity. But the God of everything, he chose us. He valued us enough to say, hey, I've got a plan for humanity and I'm actually going to choose Scott and I'm gonna work through him to appeal to all mankind. That's a big deal. See, we have an enemy that is the antagonist of that, and it's why that you and I sometimes respond the way we do to the word that God just shared. He distracts us. He tries to get us off course. He tries to get us focused on something else because God knows that when I partner with God, I am actually the chosen vessel that God Almighty is wanting to work through here on this planet. And here's what he does. He says, Scott, you're, you're not confident enough. You're not bold enough. You're not clear enough. You're not liked enough. You're not, and you can fill in the blank. Your history, your past, you've sinned too much. You've, you've done this too much, fill in the blank. And we start to focus on that instead of the amazing truth that God is seated in heaven. And he says, you know what? I think it is a great idea. I'm choosing Scott to work through here in this community. That's amazing. 
Hey guys, I don't know, that's more exciting than any football game that you're gonna watch today. Seriously. Here's what I want for this place. Is I want us to understand that this place has been chosen. I want this place to understand. And when I say this place, I'm talking about Hope City as a church, as the bride of Christ, not a building, not walls, not a bunch of ministries, but a bunch of God-chosen, favored people that he loves dearly. And when we, the church, come together, the community can't help but to be impacted. I need us to know that as a body. But you know what else I need to know? Or I want you to know is I want you to know how stinking special you are. This place cannot be special and this place cannot be what God sees it to be without each and every single one of us as individuals living out of the overflow and the excitement of being chosen by a God who created the sun that is finally shining today. So we're here as chosen people to partner with God in his presence. And he is so excited. He's way more excited than we are. Here's what I need you to know. In 2005, I had just started pastoring a church. This was the first church I ever pastored. My, my story's long, so I'm not going to bore you with it today. But I come off the golf course seeking a professional golf career. And in 2004, I answered this call in the ministry. And I'm an impatient person. And God has things that, like, he, he's, he's got grace. And so I went to a boss, and this guy's, and he's the district superintendent. And I said, hey, man, I said, I know what God's called me to do. I'm certain of it. I'm impatient. I will take a job anywhere. I said, I'll do anything. I will be the janitor of a church. And, and he didn't have any position open like that. And so he said, but I got a church up in Moxville, North Carolina. It's actually in Harmony. I said, where is that? And he said, it's about an hour that way. It's out in the middle of nowhere. If you don't know where Harmony is, you can't get there from anywhere. And so I go up there and I pastor this church in January of 2005. And I, I've been there probably a few months. I, I know I haven't been there three or four months. And, and I get the opportunity to do my first funeral. I said, you know, I've only preached about 12 sermons. I'll try my hand at a funeral and see how that goes. My phone, my phone rings. Rings one afternoon, I'm in the parsonage. And if you don't know what a parsonage is, it's where preachers live, all right? Um, that's what they do, all right? We live in a parsonage, it's a house. But we call it a parsonage. And so I'm in the parsonage, I'm in my house and I'm in my living room, my wife's there. And there's actually another friend there in my living room and the phone rings and, and on the other line is, is, a, is a community member telling me why I'm getting ready to have this funeral. Person on the other line says, Scott, you're new here and you probably don't know this family very well, but there's this lady in our church and her two grandchildren were just murdered. She had two young grandchildren that were murdered by their mother. Their mother was this grandmother in the church that I was pastoring's daughter. And so the first ever funeral that I ever taught, preached, did, whatever you call it, I got to do it for this grandmother in our church whose two grandchildren were tragically murdered. And I'm like, God, I don't understand. You got the wrong person here, man. 
I've preached 12 sermons. Probably eight of them sounded the same. And now I'm getting to go preach this funeral that I've never, ever led a funeral. And this is the situation that you put me in, God. And I'll spare you all the details because it was a long journey for a couple of days. And I can remember this funeral. I remember it was there at our church, our little old church. I remember that it was such a big deal that Channel 12 News knocked on our door at our parsonage. And and you find something funny in this is the guy had a camera and a microphone with him and he knocked on my door and I went to the front door and he said, hey, is your dad here? And I was sort of confused at what he was saying. I was like, wow, why are you looking for my dad? My dad, my dad doesn't even live here. And he said, well, are you the pastor of this church? (laughs) So he was even confused just as much as I was. So I was like, man, I can't do, I'm not able to speak on this. So I I, I remember going through all that stuff. But one thing I don't remember, I don't remember anything about the funeral. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what God told me to say. I don't remember. I'm very visual and I can remember the seats that I sat in in baseball games. I can remember things like that. And I do not remember the setting of this at all. There's only one thing that I remember about this funeral is there was this old gentleman that was also a pastor and he was a friend of the family. And he was actually taking part in the funeral as well. And he and I were in the Sunday school wing of the church like 30 minutes before we actually went out into the church and went through with this funeral. And the only thing I remember was this gentleman, he asked me, he said, sir, young man, he said, how many funerals have you ever done? That's what he asked me. And I said, this is the first one I've ever done. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, well, young man, he said, God must have huge plans for you. I've never shared that with anybody. I shared that with my wife just the other day in Walmart. And I thought for sure I had shared that with her. He said, young man, God must have huge plans for you. And you know what? He's right. He does have huge plans for me. But I'm here today to play the role of that old pastor that told me that 15 years ago. I'm here to tell you, not only does this place, but I'm here to tell every single one of you in this building that I hope that you remember it just like I remember that pastor telling me that. Every person in this room, God has huge plans for you. God has always had big plans for you. Even when you thought that you had messed them up, even when you thought that you had disqualified yourself, that you had forgotten them, God has always had huge plans for you. And so guess what? We're in this thing together. We're in this plan of God's together. And some of us in this room, we may think that we're running over here and we're trying to hide. Some of us may like, you know what? I don't deserve God. I don't deserve to be forgiven. Some of us in this room, listen to how the enemy speaks to us. I don't deserve to have a good life. That's a lie from the enemy. 
Here's the facts. That the word says that there's no place, even in your thought process, that you can go and hide from God. So you can lie to yourself. You can say negative things. You can have a negative self-talk. You can have a dark self-talk. And it is not causing God to forget his plan for your life. And so what I'm telling you today is, yeah, I don't like resolution. This isn't even a new year. We'll be talking about this if it was July. But you don't need a resolution. You need a renewal of the mind. And God's presence is in this place. And he is saying to you, as he's saying to us as a body, hey, listen, I want you to partner with me. Because I got a plan for your life and you alone can accomplish it. Listen to this one more time. It is as if God were making his appeal through us. Whether you like it or not, you have been chosen. Whether you like it or not, you have been favored by God. I like to make a joke, and this is a joke, so you guys just know ahead, this is a joke, so laugh at the end. I like to say that I'm God's favorite. I like to say that I'm God's favorite. I am God's favorite, but guess what? So are you. You know, Paul was told to write by the Holy Spirit. It goes on in chapter six of second Corinthians. He says this, I tell you now, now. Hey guys, no more delaying, no more wishy-washy, no more more dysfunction, no more distraction, no more of whatever it is. God told Paul, and guess what? We're not reading this as a history book. We're not reading this in a context of history. Yes, it happened in the past, but this is as present to us today as it was to the people in Corinth thousands of years ago, okay? And so he's saying to us, now, so some of you need to hear that word, and that's the only word you may need to hear, not why, you need to hear now. Now is the time. And he goes and says this, now is the time of God's favor, Some of you, I almost see some of us just sitting Indian style right here as if we were the only people in the room. God, I didn't know I was your favorite. God, I didn't know you favored me. God, I didn't know I had your favor. And what I hear God saying is, yeah, you've always been my favorite. You know what? Real quick, turn this. Psalm 139. I love this. Look at this. Wow. Again, I want you to picture that. Some of you in this room need to know that. Some of you need to know that you're sitting here Indian style and it's okay, just be at peace. There's nobody looking at you. You can come sit in the middle of this room Indian style and one of these days, we're not there yet, we're not there yet. But one of these days, the culture and the environment of this place is, oh, that's not weird. Okay? You can sit there Indian style and I believe that some of you just need to know that God, he favors you so much. And not only are you discovering that now, but it has always been the reality to him. To him, it's always been the reality. Listen to this, Psalm 139, I love this. David says this, King David, the guy who beat Goliath and killed him, this guy said this, Psalm 139, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hey, why are we here? We're here to partner with a God who knows you that intimately. He is offering himself for you, his presence, extending himself, giving himself. You get to partner with him. And when we do partner with him, guess what happens? 
oh, I need this. When we partner with God's presence, you and I, we don't doubt these kind of things. We don't dread these kind of moments. We get to walk around and know, and I'm not just saying, oh, I know it because I heard it and I wrote it down, I memorized it. No, I'm talking about when we get to walk around, even in our darkest days, in some of our most big struggles, we get to know that, hey, I gotta remind myself, I'm favored by God. Because he says right here, hey, your name, Hey, Scott, you were wonderfully made. Hey, I don't know if there's anybody in this room that may think that they weren't made on purpose. But every one of you in this place was made on purpose. And I know maybe this world and some of the effects of sin in this world and the enemy have tried to defer or deter you, but you were made on purpose. Hey, Scott, you are wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, God. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, listen to this, God, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God thinks that much of you. He thinks that much of this this body. Again, church, Why are we here? It's not for a structure. It's not for these walls. It's not for even a large gathering. But it's for us as we come together and we have this same mindset. Wow, we're favored by God and we're here on purpose. And the most amazing thing in the world is that God wants to partner with us way more than we long to partner with him. Guess what's happening? Those times in your life, maybe I'll just speak for myself. When I choose to go about this thing on my own, guess what? Doesn't mean that God is not present. It doesn't mean that he said, oh, Scott, you're not willing and worthy to be partnered with today. No, he's just like, all right, Scott, you're going at this thing on your own today. It's probably not the best thing that I would do, but hey, you know what? I'm gonna be here. He's here. It's an amazing thing. Exodus, let's go to the Old Testament, all the way back to Exodus. This is personal for me, personal for you. This answers a very, I'll just say powerful, deep answer to the question why. I don't believe anything's by chance. I don't believe that God is ever up there having to scramble. God doesn't have a plan B, okay? I believe that God has placed us in this place. Hey, if you're from this community, raise your hand. If you're from Wahlberg, you say, I'm from Wahlberg and you're proud of it. I am. You're from this area. You're from, I'm talking about born and raised and you know where all the dirt roads are. 
Okay, here's the thing. It is not by chance that we are sitting here on 36 acres of land. If you raise your hand, you know where all the dirt roads are. You go try to find me 36 acres in Wahlberg. You can't do it, can you? Unless you give three of your children away. And sometimes it's worth it, right? Seriously. Think about this. It's not by chance that God placed us in this vicinity. And we've done some research on it. There's 600 homes right over in a community right over here. You know what those 600 homes represent? Families. They represent families. This community, God said, I want you in 2020, I want you in 2011 to be focused on this community that I'm placing you in. And it's not by chance that we've been placed here. Can I tell you, I'll come back to that. Remind me, say, Scott, go back to that, okay? You do that for me, you're in charge of that, all right? Here's the thing. Some of us are going to say, oh, well, yeah, you want to meet this golf course community and it's rich and it's well, but no, here's the thing. That's not the only thing that God has asked us to do. You know, there's a hurting world out there. There, there he is. And God's not only asked us to try to tell people about God's Holy Spirit and partnering with him in this community because you can't go through life without partnering with God. Not only is he telling us to reach this community where he put us, but he also has told us that there's a lot of hurting people in this community, in this triad area. He said, I need you to go to them because they need to know that God loves them, that God is for them, that God wants to partner with them too. Hey guys, I'll tell you, I've been to Haiti multiple times. And what I, what, where I was and what I saw just this Monday, guys, I want to tell you something. Haiti doesn't have anything on some of the hurting people here in our triad area. Do you know that there are people all around you today that are physically hungry? See, I don't believe it's just by chance either that God gave us a kitchen on wheels. You know what that guy needs to know? is that somebody loves him on this earth. He needs to know that you and I love him. And how do you and I love him? Hey, I don't know. Let's partner with God and see what it looks like. On this day, on Monday, it came in the form of a conversation and a bowl of chili. That's how God chose to work. These guys are hurting. That's Stuart. I've known Stuart probably for 12 years or longer. Stuart was there being, he's staying at the open door shelter. And the presence of God, not the hope truck, not the presence of the chili, even though it was good, it wasn't this good. The presence of God brought about a conversation with Stuart where he said, Scott, I need you to pray for me because I'm struggling with my addiction. He doesn't need a bowl of chili. You know what he needs? He needs an arm around him. He needs a photo taken and sent to the person he used to work for that I'm friends with. I said, hey, David, David's my friend. I sent this picture. I was like, David, check this out. I ran into Stuart. We got the love on him. Stuart just needs to know the love of God. And there's probably Stuart's all in your life. That's what God's placed us here for. Why are we here? For people who are hurting.
But here's another thing. Thanks for reminding me. This is where I'm coming back to it. Hey, guys. Go ahead and can you put that back up there? And Stuart wouldn't mind. Stuart would love to be here. Trust me, he'd love to be right here. Stuart knows that he's hurting. Stuart knows that he needs a loving God to rescue his life. He knows it. Guys, we live in a very affluent community. You know that? And on my bad days in my flesh, let me just say this. There are a bunch of people that are around this area and when they're driving by me in their car and it actually doesn't have 40 lights on in the dash, I get a little jealous. They have nicer cars than I do and bigger bank accounts and bigger houses than I do. They're not hurting. But God, for some reason, said, boom, right here in this community, Hey, Scott, I'm going to put you right here. Why? Because I know that there are people hiding from me. They're not hurting on the outside, but they're hiding. And they hide behind all kinds of things. Guess what? They need to know the love of God, our God. Guess what they need to know? It's not that car that is going to make you accepted. It is not this material thing that is going to get you where you want to be. The people that are hiding, and I'm not just saying in this community, there are people hiding all over this world from God. They need to know that our God favors them. They need to know that our God wants to partner with them every breath they take. We've got to tell them that. But more than tell them, we've got to show them. We got to love them. That's why we're here. Exodus 33. This is personal. Moses said to the Lord, I'm in verse 12. Exodus 33, 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been letting me know or you've been telling me Lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you've found favor with me. There's that word again. Verse 13, Moses says, if you're pleased with me, God, teach me your ways. Listen, can I tell you, if we're not partnering with God, like if we are not actually reaching out, receiving him. If we're not starting our day, and again, don't say, oh, you're being legalistic. You're, you're being about ritual. No, 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 no. Please hear this. Our performance alone will never touch what partnering with God will be and mean to us. Okay, please hear that. You can go perform on your best day and you are not going to ever get to where you and God will be. Okay, you just can't. So don't hear me saying legalistic, ritual things, performance-based. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this. You must choose every day. We get out of bed. We are going to partner with God, the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? What does that sound like? Here's the thing. This is, let's just make it very simple. 
I'm going to get out of bed tomorrow morning, Lord willing, right? The creek don't rise. That's what they say here in Wahlberg on the dirt roads. We're going to get out of bed tomorrow morning. Our feet are going to hit the floor. And before we actually take our first step, we need to literally physically say, hey, God, I, I, I am going to need partnership with you today. And guess what? He's there. He's there. Business, family, life, struggle, sin, mistakes, whatever. I need to go with you today. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. Hey, God, my feet are getting ready to hit the floor and I'm getting ready to move. God, I need to know your ways. I need to know about forgiveness. I need to know about grace. I need to know about love. I need to know about empowerment. I need to know, God, teach me your ways. That's really and truly how simple it is. You know what he'll do? If this is sincere. Like, this is our cry. Hey, God, I know that we're here to partner with you. I want to partner with you tomorrow morning. You know how simple it is? Here's the thing. Seriously. And this may have to happen for every moment or situation you go into. Hey, God, I need to be reminded, please teach me your ways. Here's what happens. We get to go to work tomorrow. And we get to go to it with joy. I hate that job. I don't care. Hey, God, teach me your ways in it. You're going to get to go to joy. And oh, here's the thing. Maybe you struggle. Maybe you're going into a sinful direction or sin has presented itself to you or your mind is being ravaged by thoughts that you know are not from God. Guess what you get to do? Hey, God, I need to partner with you. You know why? Because if I choose to go at this thing without you, I know from the past where this thing's leading. So we get to partner with God all along the way. Hey, God, teach me your ways. I know that you're here and I know your presence is here and I know that you want to be with me more than I want to be with you. Hey, God, please teach me your ways. That's what Moses said. He said, please teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, this nation is your people. Verse 14, listen to this. The Lord replied, guess what? My presence will be with you. He says, and I will give you rest. I love this. Some of you in this place need to know that his presence is going with you. Enemy, you have no room in this room. He is going with you. Because of his son Jesus, he is going with you. And it says that when you partner with me, when you choose to partner with me, he says, Moses, I'm going to give you rest. Guess what? Hey, Scott, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest. You know what that word rest means in the Hebrew? This is what he was basically saying to, to Moses. He was saying, hey, Moses, my presence is going with you and I'm going to give you peace of mind. He says, Moses, you, you've been doing this thing for a while and it's been a rough journey. The desert's hot. These people are ornery and I'm going to give your mind some peace. He actually used a word in Hebrew there that is used when talking about a woman giving birth. Now, if you've ever given birth in this place, you know that there's a lot of force, there's a lot of fight, there's a lot of struggle, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of sweat, there's a lot of blood, there's a lot of tears, and it is a great force. And, and, and God said, hey, I'm gonna give you rest. What he was saying is that moment as a woman, 
And I don't know this experience, but if you've given birth, you know that there is a time when that child comes out and is birthed. And that baby, that child is no longer in you. That there is just this space in your time and in your mind where there is a... (sighs) That struggle has produced something beautiful. That's the word that God was saying to Moses. I'm going to give you peace of mind. I'm going to give you rest for that struggle and that force you've been in. Guess what? God's told us to be here. Why are we here? Because there are millions. I mean millions. More so than 200 people right here that need to know that that is our God. And the only way we achieve that is that you and I partner with God, the Holy Spirit. I want to say it. We can't go to church and church this thing up. We can't. We can't hold 70,000 church services. This is between you and a choice to partner with God on a daily basis. Sometimes moment by moment. And I can promise you this. You may go through some dark, some hurtful. You may go through some excruciating days, but I can promise you this, partnering with God, even in those moments, lead to excitement and joy and fulfillment. That's his presence. It goes on to say this, verse 15. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, I mean, this is a deal breaker, guys. If your presence does not go with us, don't even send us up out of here. And that's personal for me. And I say that over this place. Seriously, you don't want this place. This place is no good to anyone if we are not yielding to the presence of God. And so when this thing goes left and we thought it was going right, hey, we're going with God. And I echo those same words right there to this place. God in your presence, if you don't go with us, do not send us up from here. Because this is so important. Moses said, God, if you don't go with us, He says in verse 16, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Can I say the same thing? Because of Jesus Christ, Christ, you hear? Because of Jesus, God is pleased with you. Some of us in this room, many of us in this community have just not realized that yet. That's why we're here. They need to know our God. 